Going Linux episode 442. Welcome to Linux. Starting your adventure, Kubuntu. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, welcome to Linux, Kubuntu. Hey, Bill. Hello, Larry. So... I have a funny chat GTP story for us. Okay. So I was listening uh, to the story on Open Arguments, which is a, a law pod podcast, and they were talking about a lawyer who used chat GP to write a um, a argument point or. or, or Oh yeah, and, you know, pointing out the different laws and and how this applies. Well, it comes to find out, the judge was not entertained when they started looking at them, and the cases didn't really exist. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it just made them up and making stuff up, <laughs> making stuff up, and that um, it was in a format. You know, you saw you, this guy's a lawyer, so you would think that he would know uh, better. But uh, they they use certain phrases and terms and formats in their legal arguments, and apparently it just looked like that he he had said, told G Chat GP, uh, GTP to find uh, this and write a write a uh, help him write this uh, argument, and it turned out that it didn't end well. <laughs> yeah, you get lesson learned. If you're going to rely on ChatGPT to do anything, check. Yeah. Check to make sure that it is actually giving you real-world stuff, not stuff it just made up. And uh, I also heard about this one, and my understanding is the person who was at fault here um, actually did a little bit of checking to make sure that the uh, the, the references were actual real cases by asking chat gpt if they were real <laughs> of course it said yes they are so uh don't believe it don't believe it so uh i guess we we should just put this disclaimer out don't use chat gtp if you're a lawyer or a, even a non-lawyer for for law advice exactly it lies exactamundo yes oh, me. but anyway <laughs> um <lies. laughs> I just got a kick out of it, and uh, I included the show notes to, um, I think I included the show notes, I'm looking through them, and I don't see it, so I'll add them, but uh, the uh, podcast, it's a re it's really well done, and it's entertaining, so uh, it's called Opening Arguments, you can usually find it, um, give it a plug, but it, I, I was just, they were having a great time with it, and I was just laughing as hard as they were because it was like, you just don't write document or legal arguments like this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what the case was they were on, but my goodness. You know, this is people's lives, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Potentially. Uh, the the case uh, was about uh, a someone had bumped somebody on an international flight. And oh. the stat, and there's all these different conventions that cover the different aspects of law. I'm not a lawyer, as everybody knows, but uh, from what I gather, it was it, it was ChatGTP was just using really crazy stuff. Um, I, I they were amazed, and you know the sad part is there's the, all these law uh, libraries, and they even have online uh, online. Uh, services that will that can uh, help you find relevant case law, <laughs> but oh yeah, I, didn't, I just, didn't use any of that. Right? <laughs> oh no, you know ChatGTP is uh, notes at all. But um, I guess what we have, say we got a little white uh, ways to go, to go. But if you're a lawyer, don't use ChatGTP, <laughs> please. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so. Larry, we have talked about how to install and find software and about Ubuntu Mate and Ubuntu specifically and in general. And I wanted to share about Kubuntu. So, Bill, I used to use Kubuntu all the time for a while, as you know. What what brought this on? Well, I would say that this was uh, just because I wanted to, but I do want to, but... There's another reason. You know, I like my games, and that's why yes. I have had Windows hanging around. I've kept some versions of Linux on my older machine, and but I always had Windows so I could play my games. I looking down in shame um, on my newer hardware. Well, I decided about a week ago that I needed to change. I was wasting way too much time and not really learning anything that. Uh, I should be doing. So I wanted to run programs and I want to dabble around audio graphics and some coding. Um, I knew that Windows can do this, but Linux has so many good programs that I can use uh, for free that it did not make sense to, for me to just keep using my newest machine running for one or two games on Windows. When, when I was using the old machine for everything else. So I made, it just made sense to use Linux for learning and gaming. If it cannot run on Linux, then it doesn't get played by me anymore. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's saying something. I, you know, I, I like playing around with audio. I'm not good at it or I'm not an expert. I like playing with little graphics and stuff. And I want to do some coding. Well, you can do all that on Windows, but. Mm -hmm. A lot of these are very expensive, and uh, I just want to learn as a hobby, and I like encoding and trying to make things sound better. And, you know, it, it's just something that interests me. So I just, I finally had to say, you know, I just, it doesn't make sense. I'm doing this stupid. <laughs> so anyway... Yeah. Well, uh, you you know, a lot of the open source software programs that will help you do that kind of stuff will also run on windows 
Uh, but oh, I, I see throw, your point. You're throwing that out. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But um, I, for a long time, uh, I've used Linux exclusively, and my attitude is if it doesn't run on Linux, I don't need to use it. So kind of the same thing you just said about games. If you, you know, if it doesn't run on Linux, you're not going to play the game. Well, one of the things that was kind of... Uh, bothering me not a lot but it, it started growing uh growing when i was thinking about this to say you know i'm on i'm an advocate for linux but i'm actually using windows and i'm just just keeping it i'm enabling it i'm not saying that i never use windows i have to use windows at work for checking my email and stuff but yeah. for my day-to-day and everything i do at home uh i just it's just easier just to have one thing and you know there's not a lot that i can't do on uh linux or kubuntu or mate but i just um i decided that you know i needed to practice what i preached and i've and i don't want to keep enabling uh microsoft my one man uh boycott as they say (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but you know it is true that um, you've heard me complain about, you know, the update broke my installer for Linux and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I had to do all this research. And it, after a while, it's like, why am I doing this? So mm-hmm. I decided to eliminate this part that was being irritating and doing those updates when I really just needed to work. You know, Microsoft is moving to more of a is moving to software as a service and you know and it's in more and more of their um services tied into uh, other companies that share your information stuff so i just i wanted to take myself out of that entirely and uh, i wanted to have control over my hardware that i had spent my money on so i I, that's what that's kind of my mentality right or wrong it's mine (laughs) Yeah, and I get it. I get it completely. Uh, and in addition to everything you said, it just feels better. You don't feel quite so slimy when you're just using <laughs> Linux all the time. So true. Um, yeah. So why did you choose Kubuntu? Well, you know, I liked I I like Ubuntu, and I've I've used Kubuntu. Yes, I've tried it in the past, and and many other versions. If anybody's been with the um, listening to the show they know that i'm a distro hopper so i've used many uh other versions of linux and i wanted to get out of my comfort zone a little bit so and i knew i wanted a lts or long-term support and something based on ubuntu so after seeing the latest lts of kubuntu i decided on kubuntu plenty of other software it has, I have access to everything Ubuntu and everything Kubuntu and anything else. Um, there is, a, you know, there was a, sm- a learning curve. It wasn't huge, uh, but things just made sense to me. And well, in Kubuntu 22.04 so far, it has just been a joy to install and use. So I've really enjoyed it. I remember for a while I was using Plasma, and that's uh, where uh-huh. it was updating daily. And uh, that's kind of kind of the preview of what's coming to uh, Kubuntu, and I said I liked it. I liked the customization, and they've made so many improvements over the very first time. I I don't remember what version of Kubuntu I 
tried at the very beginning. It had buttons for everything, and you could do things five or six different ways. It's not like that. It's still very customizable, but it makes sense now where to go find things and how to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It sounds like it's improved a lot. Uh, I do remember the first version of Kubuntu that I used. It was 6.06. Oh, wow. So, yeah, one of the very first versions, and I used it for a number of years. I don't remember how long it made that number, maybe one, maybe two. <laughs> I don't, I don't exactly know, but, um, it was, it was great at the time. And I know it's gotten more capable, more powerful as all Linuxes have since then, back in 2006. So, yeah, it's, um, it, 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 I have found it in the past something great, and I expect that the modern version of Kubuntu is even better. So Kubuntu is your choice. What did you do to get ready for the change? Did you just wipe out Windows and install it? Uh, dare I ask, did you back up any files in the process? I did back up my files that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> okay. There was not much on the machine since it was only really used for gaming. I used a, okay. I used a USB drive, and for good measure, I dropped the files I wanted also into Dropbox. Okay. Just a couple of different places to save it. That's yeah, good. one physical practice. and one not physical. <laughs> uh -huh. I downloaded uh, Etcher. And I used a new thumb drive that I had sitting around, and it was like a 32 gigabyte. I think that's a small thing by now. And it had USB, mm -hmm. and it was a USB 3 drive, which, you know, will work on the old uh, USB 2.0 also. Uh, it, but if my machine could take advantage of it, I was like, hey, why not? Um, so I went to the Kubuntu site and selected the 64-bit version of Kubuntu. Uh, then I realized that I had to download uh, a torrent because I like to support, you know, I like, I don't want to overload servers or take more than is fair. So I like to give back and you can do that uh, using a torrent. So I had to go, I went to Files Hub and downloaded the Windows version of GTorrent. Uh, then I started to uh, click the link and I went to bed. <laughs> and let my machine seed the image for anybody else that wanted to download it, and I could help share some of the bandwidth. Sure. Uh, just for our listeners, maybe we should talk a little bit about torrents, because they may not be uh, familiar with it. So torrents are a way of providing files through a peer-to-peer -peer network. In other words, from my computer to your computer and everybody else's computer to your computer that has these files. And each of us provides you a little piece of the file from what we have downloaded. And as a result, it typically it runs a little bit faster than um, just downloading a file from one place on the internet. This just means that the torrent data, whatever it may be, can be accessed from more than one server at once. Anyone downloading the torrent gets it in bits and pieces from other servers. And I'm a little surprised that you had to go and install 
something to allow you to use torrents. I thought, well, I know that in Ubuntu and Ubuntu Mate, transmission is the application that's installed by default that gives you the ability to use torrents for getting files. I had to download it for Windows because... Oh, I'm, yes. Okay. okay. Now I see. Yes. Because <laughs> Windows yeah, doesn't sorry. come with that client. Right. Okay. You're yeah, spoiled. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified because, yep. My goodness. Windows really... Nah, never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I just said I used Etcher, but I, uh, actually, I used Balina. Etcher, I believe it's pronounced. It's an open source project. Uh, to make right. it so Etcher's the back, the back end building is kind of just, they made it real easy to use. And I use that to make the USB the next morning. It is important to run the live session and make sure everything is working before you install. I had to, I, I, I made sure I did that. So I backed okay. up my files. I downloaded the image. Uh, then I, run the live image for a couple days just to make sure that everything worked. Yeah, and that's the reason they <laughs> the provide live, live images. Is, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you can install from the live session directly, and the installer script will then ask you about where you want to install it. And we suggest before you do any installation, you make sure that you know if you have OneDrive or two, because some computers, especially desktops, but even some laptops may have multiple drives. So you'll need to know where you're going to put your Linux installation uh, in the system. Is it drive A or drive B or, you know, some other drive? And it's usually pretty clear unless you have two equally sized drives which one is which so you might want to take a look at the contents if they're not empty and make sure you're installing to the right drive if you have more than one yeah and let's just touch on on a few of the most common setups and drive types and it's sata ssd and mvme drives and mm -hmm. we're gonna and we just do a bunch of terms and they're probably like what the heck is all that especially if you're a new user so sata stands for serial advanced technology attachment basically it is the default for most desktop and laptop hard drives uh, they are referred to as sata hard drives um, they but they are actually rotary hardware drives, or we like you. You hear terms like spinning rust, or um, but they're the ones that have the platters, the magnetic, uh, and they actually have heads that read over them, uh, and and so and it reads your data using a needle, and that writes data uh, to consecutive sectors on each platter, and this is an the an older technology, and it's, that's why it's kind of the default. And it was introduced in two. 2003. Yeah, it's some of the original technology for yeah. hard drives, right? Yes. Yeah, and because of the moving parts, they do wear out. They're subject to damage if you don't shut them down completely when you uh, move your computer. And yeah, you've got to be a little more careful with them. And they do wear out over time. Um, 
as do any drive, quite frankly. Uh, but the spinning drives wear out in a different way than the digital drives. And speaking of digital drives, the SSD is the second one that you mentioned. It's solid state drive. Uh, and these are, we still call them disks or hard disks, even though they are not actually disks. They're just integrated circuits. They don't have any moving parts. Uh, and instead, all the data is stored on a non-volatile flash memory. And it's basically a chip where all your data is stored and you don't have to worry about jostling them around. There are no moving parts. Uh, and the original SSDs uh, were available in the same physical format as hard drives with the same interfaces. In other words, the plug that you plugged it into inside the computer was exactly the same. And they have kind of progressed as time has gone on so that most of the current laptops and even some desktops no longer have the physical SSD drives or uh, spinning hard drives. Uh, any new computers you buy, most of them have something called NVMe, which stands for Non-Volatile Memory Express. Uh, and it's a type of solid-state drive that's attached to the PCI Express bus slot on a main board, on your motherboard, typically. They were introduced in 2013. They're extremely fast. And as... I just described, it has a different connection. It just, it doesn't fit into um, the hard drive or the SSD slot. It's not compatible at all with those. They just clip into your uh, clip into your motherboard in the same way RAM does. You know, in a very similar way that RAM does. You just push it in, clip it down, you're done. Yeah. So. I'm glad that I did look uh, because I have a hybrid system. Um, okay. Okay. So I have an MVME for the operating system. And, mm -hmm. and that's why it starts up so fast. And, you know, anything that you really want to run, uh, you want to run it, uh, you know, like the games, um, that's why it was in my system, is because it, it, it can really get, uh, throw that data much quicker than a standard SSD or a spinning uh, drive. But I have a spinning drive that's a big one terabyte that's used to store like uh, things that aren't quite as, uh, you know, like pictures, videos. Uh, some games run just fine off the standard hard drives, but as the technology, as gaming technology always gets faster, and programs need, uh, you know, they are more time sensitive. Um, then the NVMe's are are what's usually used to help speed that process. So what I did is um, made sure I put Linux on the MVME drive, which is only mm -hmm. like 256 gigabyte. And then I partitioned the other drives. Basically, I throw the pictures, videos, and stuff. So 
I have lots of space on that to throw all my uh, files that, you know, documents, whatever. And I don't really have to worry about um, the speed element. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is a fast gaming laptop that has both kinds of drives in it. Yeah, to kind of take advantage of both technologies. So once, yeah, good, yeah, yeah okay. So I'm glad I made sure because you know I was kind of oblivious to it because I then again I didn't use much of it just for the game. Anyway, that being said, once I made sure everything worked, I installed it, and then I said, well, I know this is probably going to take a little bit, so I went to make a cup of coffee after telling the installer what username and password I wanted, along with the name I wanted to call my machine. It will give you a suggestion, but you're free to call it anything you want. After all, it's your machine. Okay, so what did you pick? <laughs> and, did, and did you have any issues? Uh, okay, uh, I'm a geek, so I'm a big Doctor Who fanboy, and Eleventh Doctor is my favorite, so I, I was a bit goofy and called it the TARDIS. <laughs> okay, so for non-Doctor Who fans out there, if there are any, um, what is a TARDIS? TARDIS stands for Time in Relative Dimensions in Space, or Time in Relative Dimension in Space if you're a purist. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, you didn't know you were going to get Doctor Who in this, you know, anyway. No, no, not when we started, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I asked if I had any uh, issues, uh, and mm -hmm. it was anticlimactic. It just installed. I mean, it was <laughs> that easy. And so the total install only took like, 18 minutes and that's not including the updates wow. yeah wow. i didn't even get to drink the coffee it was art is <laughs> you know it was like i come back and i'm like geez i can't even get a cup of coffee this thing is installed um so this was kubuntu this was kubuntu it was painless uh, which you know yeah. for me is surprising because if it would break it you know, I did take my time and made sure. That's why I run the live session. And I did do some due diligence and made sure that it has, you know, of course, the integrated Intel graphics, which I were supported. But it also, I also have an NVIDIA card that's made for gaming. I, I can't remember. It's, it's a, a different type. And, and I want to make sure it was supported. And it was. Yes. By the yes. Nevada, uh, by the the uh, Nvidia driver, so it just installed. It was the easiest install I've ever done. You know, I I put my name, password, named it my clever Tardis, and went and made a cup of coffee. And before I could sit down and enjoy it, it was already installed. So you know. Wow. Yeah. So a couple of questions for you. So sure. the version of Kubuntu that you installed was the 22.04, the long-term support or yes. a more recent interim? I did. I wanted long-term support. So I did the 22.04. Okay. And for the NVIDIA drivers, did you have to go? I know the answer to this, but uh, <laughs> I've got to ask you for you know, people who aren't familiar with this, did you have to go and download the drivers before you did the installation? Did you have to get them after the installation? Uh, how did that work? Okay, so 
what was really cool about this, and it's included in all Ubuntu uh, installs that I've seen, is that you can tell it to download the third-party drivers why it's installing. Yeah, it's just a checkbox, right? It's a checkbox. So I did. Yep. So I didn't even have to download the uh, NVIDIA drivers. It just did it while I was installing. So, I mean, it did that in 18 minutes. <laughs> yes, it was very hard. Click the checkbox and continue on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then uh, since this was 22.04, mm -hmm. depending on what release of the live environment you got, you may have had some additional updates before you could use the system. And other than updates, did you install any additional software? I did. Um, <laughs> I did the updates. It, it downloaded the updates while it was installing. So I really, mm -hmm. uh, but there were still a few additional updates uh, for like language, language packs and stuff. And as of course, all or nearly all Linux distributions, it was ready to get work done. I only downloaded Audacity, Discord, <laughs> and just because I'm stupid, I downloaded Qtort again. But it has K uh, Ktort, which was already installed, so I have two. Um, but it was ready to go to work. And so what? The uh, three programs, and one of them wasn't necessary. To, to actually be able to do the podcast um, and um, it wasn't it didn't take much it was uh, and I was taking my time and it and for everything it took about an hour I could have done it faster but I was goofing around they use a program called discovery for updates and adding software and it's like a rabbit hole once you you, you go down and you select when you, if you're looking for internet related or graphics or uh, audio and then you click and then it brings up just that and you can search so basically I went down a rabbit hole for I'm not going to tell you how long but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went down I added what I want you know I could have had everything installed and the final updates in probably 20 minutes, but I was, like I said, I was taking my time. Okay, so you had some fun along the way. I That's did. Yeah. I found things I didn't know existed as like, hmm. So, the Discovery, I mentioned the learning curve. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. if I was to go from Windows to Mate, I would need to know that to find software, most of the software I would need, I would go to the software boutique. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 every, everyone does uh, it a little differently, and that's the learning curve. I mean, it's like click the buttons until you find what you want, and then you know. I, I do want to put a mention here. I, I like documentation, and uh, Kubuntu had a PDF, which guess what? Linux had a software to read it. Uh, I didn't have mm -hmm. to download anything. And it had a step-by-step -step and where you could find things. So their documentation was impressive. And it even had big, pretty pictures. So even I could use it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, it was all available. You know, you just click the version you had. You download it, download it, and you could read it if you had any questions. So 
their learning curve really wasn't a learning curve. It was like read the manual. And when I say manual, it was like, I think, 20 pages, uh, full color pages with graphics and click this uh, with arrows. So it was really convenient. It just sort of not as good as the book that you wrote because yours is more in depth on, you know, different stuff. But it was very similar. And that was nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's good. I'm glad they're providing the documentation along with it. And uh, what, if any other impressions do you have, kind of first impressions? So, I'm still getting used to it. Uh, you know, changing backgrounds and color schemes and just basically being a prima donna, getting exactly how I want. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, they... they I do notice they do like the letter K. Uh, you'll notice uh, if you run Ubuntu, <laughs> uh, little K is very popular, and it stands for Ubuntu apparently, or KDE. But ask me in a month uh, how it's going, and but so far it has been really, really good. No issues at all. The installer, uh, the install was smooth as butter. Um, it was, it was easier than installing Windows, Mac. Uh, it, it was just, you, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. I do want to uh, uh, shout out, you know who you are, who uh, answer, uh, answered, they have a podcast um, uh, too, and uh, his name is Ferlin, and he um, he's, he's a KDE guru. And uh, he was kind of the inspiration behind uh, you know me taking a longer look at it and finding that oh wow they've really really made it nice. Well, that's good, good, and uh, I'm not surprised that they still have this fascination with the letter K. So <laughs> you can change your Quebec top, uh, <laughs> your your Quebec ground, and you can. Uh, it's not well, quite that bad, but <laughs> K, K, K install things as smooth as Kabutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that That's bad, cool. but you know, uh, like it is. It, I have to give them; they are consistent, <laughs> and it, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, it, but it, it, it it's, um, it's kind of nice. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So KDE is one is the desktop environment that Kubuntu uses, and it's one of multiple desktops. So I'm thinking. We should probably do an episode on desktop environments specifically and compare them and uh, give a little bit of information about them. So we've included show notes for this episode for anybody who wants to read in depth about the desktops. But basically, these different desktops use different tools and libraries to create the desktop environment that you're using. And uh, Ubuntu Mate, Ubuntu itself, which is GNOME-based, uh, Kubuntu, which of course is KDE-based, all use the same base Linux, but they offer you different ways to interact with the system by way of different desktop environments. Unlike Mac OS or Windows, you do have choices in Linux. You have many choices to choose from, and we'll talk about some of them in an upcoming episode. Sound good? Ah, that sounds good. I'm excited because it is really an interesting topic, but I think if anybody gets anything out of this uh, episode, 
I did want them to know that, you know, we talk about Mate and Ubuntu and Linux Mint, but we don't mention Kubuntu as much as we should. And all those I just mentioned use the same base uh, Linux. Uh, it's just how do you want to interact with it? And so, you know, you do have options. You're not just locked into one way, and some um, some might be more to your liking than others. So that's what I'm finding anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is a good opportunity to explore all of those. And I think based on my possible installation of Ubuntu Cinnamon on hardware, we might actually introduce Cinnamon as, as a desktop as part of that uh, – as part of that episode as well, and I can provide some feedback and comments after I've had a chance to use it. And speaking of that, I think you should do a follow-up on Kubuntu after you've had a chance to use it for a while and tell us what you've learned. Yeah, if it is stays as smooth as it is, like I said, I haven't run any issues and um, it's been a joy to use, then when someone says you know, what Linux should I look at? I would, you know, I can um, preliminarily say that Kubuntu is the one to look at, but I'm not, I'm going to hold off into, of, uh, until I've run it some more just to make sure there's no uh, things that will <laughs> make people go, you told me to use this. But uh, it, it's nice to have more than one Linux for new users or even people just looking to change. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's kind of a uh, our target moving forward is to create an episode where we talk a little bit about the desktop environments and give a little more of your impressions of KDE in particular and my impressions of Cinnamon. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear about the Cinnamon. Yeah, uh, I've got high hopes for it as well as a distribution we can ubuntu cinnamon as a distribution mm -hmm. that we can recommend to new users as well yeah that's that that's awesome yep so we've got our work cut out for us we should get back to that work and can i go play a game now yeah you can go play a game that that is uh part of the work that's your research uh, you're <laughs> i love my ubuntu. job yeah <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. And our next episode, as always, will be listener feedback. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Links podcast community on community.goinglinks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Time to start a salt cube. 73! music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.